Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. We are late today. It is 9.52 a.m. the 25th of October 2019. This is episode 155 of Bitcoin and Zap Desktop has a new release out. It's a minor release. Uh, It is going to be Zap Desktop 0.5.4. It is a minor release with some improvements to pathfinding and routing and general bug fixes. A special shout out to Zap contributor at Ubilator, who has the majority of the commits to this release. So that was obviously a tweet from LN underscore Zap or at LN underscore Zap, one of our favorite companies in the space, doing good work on Lightning. I wish I could say the same for another company that I I still like them until they, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do this or not, but GitPay put out a tweet earlier this morning that said, are there any coins you would like to see added to pay? And... (laughs) It's kind of a shit show after that because all the comments are like either going to be like, I will stop using you or whatever. Um, because every time that people go down this route and turn into the or, or potentially turn into shit coiners, it's just it's always it always gets bad. Uh, so be aware, uh, get pay maybe on the edge of going full on shit coin. So. Uh, if you don't want them to go on full-on shitcoin, then you might want to uh, get a hold of them on Twitter at get get underscore pay pei. That's get underscore pay pei. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh yeah, the crypto steal. Uh, some people have been asking questions about um, oh how how strong is the lid, the screw-on lid that. Um, uh, that comes with this thing and, you know, can it tear, uh, tear off and at crypto steel, basically sort of, I don't know, they didn't preempt, but they, they, uh, addressed the concern and they, uh, tweeted out this morning that since the launch of our new product, people have been mainly concerned about one thing, fastener resistance, a closed capsule remains intact until 55 kilonewtons of tearing force. The equivalent of more than 12 strongmen deadlift champions put together. So, uh, yeah, that's that. There's your answer. Uh, you're probably not going to have to worry about it unless you are ground zero of an unfortunate nuclear detonation. And let's see what else is going on in the community. Oh, God, in the, com- in the community. And this is this is <laughs> this is pretty good. Um Connor Brown at underscore Connor Brown, all one word, underscore, uh, came across one of the stupidest things that I've ever seen in my entire life and, and turned the entire, uh, oh, Twitter sphere or Bitcoin sphere, you know, or Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter sphere upside down with this comic book written by none other than the New York Federal Reserve. And it's not just one comic book. Apparently they have several if you want to read it, go to my curated Twitter timeline. It's in the show notes, as always. Look for my curated Twitter timeline and the link to it. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you can go download the PDF for yourself. But, oh my God, it's just awful. Uh, I've, I'm going to be using it for the artwork of the show today. It's a, uh, a square of four frames. And basically... It's this in this particular one is it's like midway through the comic book and but the the frames that I selected are shows a a guy in a spaceship 
looking at a woman walking across the like some kind of landscape with a demonstration tray and she sounds she says it sounds like your planet is experiencing a different kind of recession therefore different monetary policy needs to be implemented to increase the money supply interest rates need to be lowered not raised this is expansionary monetary policy and all this is like a comic book guys for kids to explain monetary policy it's go oh, it's it creeps me out and if it doesn't creep you out it you should be really really creeped out so i don't know what's going on there i don't know if it's like in you know like mind washing the youth of the united states but it's cringe af man it's really cringe all right so there's the community stuff let's get into some of the news and this one uh was brought to me by my wife Federal student loan official top aide to Betsy DeVos resigns and calls for massive debt forgiveness. This is by Teresa Brain. And I know it's not Bitcoin related, but almost everything at this point is Bitcoin related in one way or another. Teresa is writing for the New York Daily News yesterday. A top aide and student loan strategist to Education Secretary Betsy DeVos resigned Thursday and said it was time to forgive hundreds of billions of dollars in federal loan or federal student loan debt. Quote, the time has come for us to end and stop the insanity, the official A. Wayne Johnson told the Wall Street Journal, pointing out that much of the debt will never be repaid and that it can haunt borrowers for the rest of their lives. DeVos appointed Johnson in 2017 to head the Office of Federal Student Aid, which entails overseeing the federal government student loan portfolio of $1.5 trillion. That's $1.5 trillion. The journal reported seven months later, Johnson became chief strategy and transformation officer tasked with revamping the way the agency deals with borrower and debt servicing companies. His solution? Forgive up to $50,000 of a person's federal student loan debt, totaling about $925 billion, a move that would wipe out all such debt for 37 million borrowers, the journal noted. Tax credits for those who have paid their loans would be another component of the plan. His logic? Most of these loans will never be repaid, and they dog borrowers for decades impeding their economic progress going hand in hand with Johnson's resignation is a long shot bid for a United States Senate seat being vacated in Georgia. The journal and Politico reported while his proposals are mathematically more generous than those put forth by several democratic presidential candidates. Johnson told Politico that approaching the issue from an investment standpoint would be the key to attracting Republican support. Republicans quote, understand the concept of investment and particularly an investment in human capital. That's really the way it's got to be understood and embraced. Johnson told Politico, the New York federal reserve figures show that 20% of student loan debt is delinquent. The journal pointed out and five years into their repayment period, a good half of student debtors have not even have not put even a dollar toward the principal reported CNBC, adding that a Brookings institution analysis predicted that 40% of borrowers could default by 2023 quote, if this was a medical problem, it would be a pandemic and the whole country would be figuring out how to inoculate, how to inoculate against it. Johnson told Politico, his assertions go directly counter to his soon to be former boss DeVos who last week branded the Democrat student loan proposals as lacking a connection to reality. Quote, their proposals are crazy, DeVos said, according to Forbes. Who who do they think is actually going to pay for these? It's going to be two of the three Americans that aren't going to college paying for the one of, out of the three that do. Quote, my service in Washington taught me that we need changes in the law to save Americans from going into severe debt just to get a college education. I have a plan that is fair, fiscally responsible, and future-oriented so that the citizens of Georgia and across America can afford a college education, Johnson said, announcing his desire to succeed Senator Johnson Isaacson, who is leaving. So, yeah, a little political maneuvering there but yeah dude that 1.5 trillion we we already know that number but this is the head guy for betsy devos and he's just like he's bailing and i you know and i don't know if he's if 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 he's doing this to make a splash because he's going for that senate seat or if he's really just disgusted with the whole thing but either way it's a disgusting situation It's like $1.5 trillion in debt. My God. Okay, hold on for a second. Let's see what's up here next. 
Yeah, Kasha rolls out Bitcoin purchasing options for India. This is Jimmy Aki writing yesterday for Bitcoin Magazine. Kasha, an online banking platform, is expanding its digital wallet feature for the market in India. The platform's aim is to make it easier for Indians to buy Bitcoin using the Indian rupee. The country's fiat currency. To do this, Kasha will enable fiat deposits so that Indians can send rupees into its digital wallet and then purchase BTC. The local deposit integration will go live on October the 27th of 2019, the same date many Indians celebrate Diwali, a Hindu festival of wealth and prosperity. The company has pegged the deposit limit to about one crore about $114,000 U.S. per month for cryptocurrency purchases. Once the wallet is funded, Indians can use the funds to purchase Bitcoin as well as Ether and Cash's own shitcoin, CAS. Cash launched in 2016 with the mission to open up the financial system for the unbanked. To do this, the company runs a full suite of traditional banking and cryptocurrency services. It offers services like credit card processing, crypto-friendly business accounts, and International Society for World... Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications or SWIFT transfers. The move constitutes a, a further improvement to what has been a rather strong year for Kasha. In April of 2019, the company began supporting the purchase of supported crypto assets with major debit and credit cards all over the world, excluding the U.S., of course. At the, t- <laughs> at the time, the company claimed that crypto purchases using credit cards is cheaper than the industry average. This new development could facilitate cryptocurrency transactions for users in India. With over 1.3 billion people, India has an enormous market, but its regulators have been unfriendly towards cryptocurrencies. In 2018, the Reserve Bank of India placed a ban on local banking institutions serving cryptocurrency businesses. Indian lawmakers have also proposed jail terms for citizens who conduct cryptocurrency trades in the country. As a result, several businesses have either shut down or moved, while many cryptocurrency-adopting Indians have been all but stranded. Kasha could significantly elevate the Indian cryptocurrency space by providing a safe and reliable solution for people to get their hands on their favorite assets once more. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because India is not being kind at all to cryptocurrencies and they're not even really kind to their own their own damn currency and they're certainly not kind to their own people using their own damn currency as we saw when they decided to shit can the largest bill that they were able to to trade in and oh god that was that was like three years ago or or so and it was just an absolute mess So Telegram token investors reject refund offer. This is William Foxley and Anna Baitakova writing for Coindesk yesterday. Investors in Telegram's blockchain project have opted to stick with the firm despite the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's recent injunction against the messaging platform's token offering. Both groups of investors in Telegram's twin $850 million rounding funding rounds have now agreed to accept extension for the Telegram Open Network launch following the October 23rd deadline. An email sent sent to one group of investors and obtained by Coindesk reads, quote, We are happy to share with you that we have successfully obtained the consent of a significant majority of investors in both the pre-sale and stage A to extend the deadline for the network launch to the 30th of April 2020. We would like to thank everyone for your support. This extension allows us to proceed with the necessary regulatory work described in our last email. The offer to accept the extension was sent to Ton investors a week after the SEC's October 11th injunction, claiming the Graham token is a security. Under the terms of the agreement, a majority of the ICO investors would either agree to extend the token issuance date or receive 77% of their initial investment back. Each investor cohort had sorry, had to agree as well, meaning one group could have been refunded while the other held on to the promise of Graham tokens. The issuance of the token is now slated for April 30th, 2020. Quote, we voted to wait, although we're sure Telegram will not be able to clear things with the SEC. In quote, one of the Ton investors told Coindesk on the condition of anonymity. He predicts that Ton will launch, but will lose the battle with the regulators and as a result, lose huge market markets such as the United States, Russia, China, and possibly some European countries. However, as the first round investor who bought grams at 37 cents a piece, he still hopes to make money on his investment. Jesus. 
quote, there is a chance that we will get more than we would receive if Telegram just returned our investment. And at the end, we didn't invest that much, end quote. The terms of the agreement also include that Telegram can spend another $80 million on the ICO funding. The seventh month period will be used to further develop the Ton ecosystem, according to the company. An October 24th court hearing on the question of Graham being a security was also postponed until February the 18th or 19th. In a letter to investors sent out on October the 21st, Telegram called the delay a positive development that will give it time to prepare its case. Quote, the February hearings are different from the earlier scheduled for October 24th. Because of these hearings, they should only consider the possible postponement of the launch of the platform. We and our advisors will use the time to ensure that at the February hearing, the Telegram position is presented and supported as much as possible. So there you go. Uh, apparently, they the these particular shit coiners are holding are are just going to go ahead and hold which is really weird cuz it kind of it kind of makes me ask the question well how many investors are there because if this is really like like most of like most of them I, what are the other ones going to do because it sounds to me like this is damn near unanimous uh, but whatever it's just be aware this shit's not going away uh, okay John Carvalho on Lightning and Bitcoin's Layer 3. Not 2, but 3. We're thinking way ahead. This is Vlad Kostia writing for Bitcoin Magazine on October the 23rd. Um, During the last day of the Lightning Conference in Berlin, John Carvalho was scheduled to make presentations titled The Lightning Economy, Business Models, and Product Considerations. However, due to the noisy chatter that echoed inside the chamber, the BitRefill CCO decided to take his discussion outdoors. So the conversation took place in a quieter and sunnier backyard of the Berlin venue, where Carvalho expressed his thoughts about the Lightning Network, Bitcoin's Layer 3, and BitRefill's contributions to the ecosystem. In September 2019, BitRefill CEO Sergi Kotlier also did a Bitcoin Magazine video interview in which he explained his views on the circular economy. However, Kotlier's argument was mostly about scarce and limited assets being traded back and forth as part of the living on crypto lifestyle. Carvalho took the extra step of explaining the concept by focusing on Bitcoin's Lightning Network as the layer which provides privacy and scalability. Quote, We've been talking to exchanges to see what they need in place in order to get on the Lightning Network. So we've been working a lot behind the scenes in order to figure out what needs what needs to be developed. So I think in the coming months, you'll see the result of that, said Carvalho, regarding BitRefill's efforts to sustain large-scale Lightning adoption. BitRefill is also spearheading innovation with Thor Turbo Channels, which enables users to open Lightning channels instantly with on-chain payments without waiting for the network confirmations required to call the transactions immutable. It sounds like a risky approach for BitRefill to take, assuming that users will act in good faith and won't double-spend their transactions. However, it's all being done in the name of accelerating Lightning adoption and becoming a household name in the in the second layer's ecosystem. Carvalho said that the price of these Thor turbo channels is also being revised in order to make the service more accessible. However, he made it clear that Lightning isn't cheap and should not be regarded as such because users will suffer the same kind, kind of disillusionment that they had with early on-chain transactions. Quote, we're looking at lowering the prices as much as possible. It's tricky because we almost did the same mistake as we did with Bitcoin in the early days. Everybody is saying that Lightning is scaling and it's cheap. But Lightning isn't cheap, and it's not going to be cheaper than on-chain Bitcoin until Bitcoin blocks are full. It's not going to be a given that you can hop on and off Lightning and have services like BitRefill exist where the fees are going to be cheaper. And right now, there are still empty block. There is still empty block space, and when you use Thor channels, all you're doing is paying for the convenience of not doing something yourself. But there are reasons to do that. Expertise, automation, various business purposes, end quote. The BitRefill CCO also explained that Lightning transactions are only for high-frequency trades as it takes at least three Lightning transactions to make the decision to use the second layer economically rational. Layer three. Carvalho is one of the key figures involved in the Spectrum project, which seeks to put RGB tokens on top of the Lightning network. 
admittedly, this new wave of innovation on top of layer two is Bitcoin's own Ethereum moment where we can actually do all the dumb things that Ethereum does, except that they're on Bitcoin and we don't have to deal with scams, <laughs> said Carvalho. Good for you, pal. Uh, nonetheless, there is more to the picture than meets the eye. Spectrum was created as a way of moving tokens to the Lightning Network, but soon a need for decentralized exchange functionality appeared. Quote, we don't just need colored coins and channels, but also the ability of passing them through nodes that don't have anything to do with this. So you need to have a way to trade your BTC tokens or your BTC4 tokens and the system resembles a DEX, said Carvalho. In the words of the BitRefill CCO, building layer three means adding additional or sorry, adding plug-in functionality or influencing aspects about how the protocol is built so that people can build more things on top of the Lightning Network, end quote. Therefore, we aren't just speaking of one application such as RGB tokens or tokenized cloud storage via Storm, but an entire ecosystem of tools which enables all sorts of creative use cases. And then there's a small discussion on whether or not he supports 300 kilobyte blocks, but I'm not going to really get into that because what this this illustrates is that we are now uh, and have been for a while staring uh, staring at a layer three development square in the face and that's a good thing that's a that's a very good thing i don't like other tokens but whatever um let's see oh yeah gaming nice i i like it when we're talking more about gaming now which is what i've been wanting for a while I don't know why it's taken so long, but uh, there it is. This one is written by Daniel Palmer yesterday for Coindesk. Wallet provider blockchain ventures take stake in gaming platform engine. Yeah, I know. It's a shit coin. But at least we get to talk about some gaming stuff. So give me a break. The venture arm of cryptocurrency wallet data and exchange provider blockchain has taken a stake in the blockchain game technology firm engine. Blockchain Ventures said on Tuesday that the investment makes it the first equity investor in the gaming tech firm, which enables tokenized in-game items to be ported across Ethereum-based titles built using its platform. Blockchain Ventures didn't disclose the amount of the investment. That's probably bad news. Singapore-based Engine has built a number of apps to support its ecosystem, including a blockchain wallet, a marketplace for collectibles, and a game development platform allowing third-party devs to include blockchain in their product projects. The gaming firm's token, Engine Coin, notably soared 70% in March when news broke that the Engine wallet had been included in the offerings on Samsung's Galaxy 10 or Galaxy S10 blockchain phone. Among the reasons it's now an Engine backer, Blockchain Ventures said, quote, the Engine token economic model where Engine Coin is locked within virtual in-game items and non-fungible tokens is something we hadn't seen before. This facilitates both the price discovery and value recovery that has been challenging for NFTs, end quote. Blockchain has been, had been exposed Sorry, blockchain had been for years primarily a top Bitcoin wallet and blockchain data provider, but has more recently been expanding its offerings. The firm announced a new crypto exchange platform, oddly oddly dubbed The Pit, P-I-T, back in July and was said to be raising $50 million cryptocurrency-focused VC fund last month. So there you go. Uh, gaming starting to enter into the space uh, a little bit stronger. Like I think it was Wednesday, if not Wednesday, it was Monday. Um, I talked about um, uh, Light Night. Was it? Yeah, Light Night. Yeah, uh, it, uh, not a knockoff, but sort of like kind of getting into the the, the whole Fortnite space. Um, it's it's good to see that gaming gaming people are starting to come around. What's really odd though is that major game developers aren't just piling in and um, and I guess a lot of that has to do with they don't want to jack anything you know jack anything up by being called a money transmitter because that would really I mean if you're called if you do something and you're not careful about it and you end up being called a money transmitter and you're like electronic arts you're kind of hosed because now you're going to get sued by the SEC yeah so that may be one of the things, but at least it's, at least it's, you know, gaming in one way or another is coming in. What's this one? SoftBank to develop cross-carrier blockchain payments with IBM tech. This is Coindesk's Richard Mayer writing yesterday. Apparently, no, this is me. Apparently SoftBank has some money left after their 
thing with WeWork. My God almighty, what a shit show that is. SoftBank is teaming up with IBM to develop cross-carrier blockchain solutions with a focus on technologies that will allow smartphone users to make local payments when traveling overseas and roaming. According to an October 22nd announcement, SoftBank said it will be working with IBM as well as blockchain startup TBCA Soft that develops cross-carrier blockchain networks in order to carry out applications under the Carrier Blockchain Study Group Consortium. TBCA Soft was founded in 2016 and has received funding from SoftBank in 2017 together with SoftBank, Sprint, and Taiwan's Far East Tone. Weird name. It formed the, the, the Carrier Blockchain Study Group, now an 18-member consortium working toward the development of blockchain solutions for phone companies. SoftBank added that the first project being undertaken by said CBSG is the cross-carrier payment system, which is aimed to, aimed to allow mobile phone carrier customers to pay locally using their devices when traveling outside their home countries. Other members of the consortium include Korea's LG, U+, and KT, Malaysia's Axita, Telecomunikasi Indonesia International, Turkey's Turkcell, and PLDT of the Philippines. The announcement did not provide much detail about the terms of the agreement between the three companies, though it noted that TBCA Soft will be using the IBM blockchain platform, IBM, IBM's Hyperledger-powered enterprise blockchain solution. Quote, this is a business relationship. IBM is not joining the consortium, an IBM spokesperson clarified by email. TBCA Soft Technology helps optimize clearing between different carriers and transaction records, according to the announcement, and allows for the interoperability of mobile networks and the bolting on of networks of merchants and enable payments. The announcement also noted that SoftBank plans to have a payment system in operation in Tokyo in 2020 when the Olympics will be held in the city. Last year, SoftBank completed a blockchain proof of concept in partnership with TBCA Soft that would allow peer-to-peer mobile payments across different carriers. So it's like side chains, except for mobile phones and, and where carriers could be looked at as the different blockchains involved. Uh, it's a new level of shit coinery. Uh, we'll have to see where this goes. This, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is me talking, but yeah, this is like next level shit coinery stuff. In so far as you got like, you know, you're talking about like Sprint and like major mobile carriers, and they're going to start that. It, it's odd they never gave a shit about being all that interoperable before, but now that Bitcoin entered the 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 equation. Apparently, that's going to have to happen. Hold on. Let's see what's going on up the stack. Oh, yeah. Jack Dorsey's in the news. Bitcoin is becoming the Internet's national currency. The Twitter CEO says hell no to Facebook's Libra, but underlines the support of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Ah, damn, Jack. I don't want to lose you too, man. Uh, hold on. Okay, so this is uh, Decrypt.co. Adriana Homaker is writing. And when was this? She's re- writing this this morning. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey on Thursday emphatically ruled out joining Facebook's Libra project and reiterated his belief that Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are the future of the internet of internet money. Dorsey was asked during a Twitter news summit in New York whether Twitter would join the Libra Association and a suite and the suite of companies supporting Facebook in its cryptocurrency project. Quote. Hell no, end quote, he replied, adding by way of explanation that Libra is not an internet open standard that was born on the internet. Quote, it was born out of a company's intention, and it's not consistent with what I personally believe and what I want our company to stand for, end quote, he said. Dorsey then took the opportunity to reiterate his belief in Bitcoin and other decentralized cryptocurrencies as the future of internet money. Quote, I think the internet is somewhat of an emerging nation state in almost every way. It almost has a currency now in the form of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, Dorsey said. The Twitter CEO's belief in Bitcoin runs deep. He's an investor in the cryptocurrency scaling solution Lightning Labs and a fan of fan of Tippin, the add-on that allows Twitter users to tip each other in crypto. Earlier this year, he announced plans to hire engineers and designers to work on open source contributions to the Bitcoin ecosystem, reporting directly to him. Back in June, Dorsey gave several reasons for his belief in Bitcoin supremacy over other cryptocurrencies, including the power of its brand, the purity of the principle laid down by its inventor Satoshi Nakamoto, its 
scarcity and its resilience in the face of the challenges and attacks the crypto has faced in the 10 years since its invention. During yesterday's summit, Dorsey further said that he had issues with Libra being described as a cryptocurrency. Quote, they use that label liberally. I don't know if it's a gimmick, but cryptocurrency wasn't necessary to make that thing work, end quote, he said. Earlier this week, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg was called before Congress to answer further criticism of Libra. He provided assurances that Facebook would withdraw from Libra if it was not approved by U.S. regulators. I think that what they actually mean or what this actually should have said was Facebook would, would, would withdraw from the Libra Foundation or association or whatever the hell they call it if not approved. Now, clearly that means that they wouldn't, you know, I guess that means that he's saying that they wouldn't do Libra if it's not approved. But they're, that all that means is that they're actually withdrawing, would, would be withdrawing from the foundation. So it's hard to tell what Zuck would do. Anyway... Uh, it's, it's still pretty good news from, from Jack, although in his quotes, you know, yeah, I mean, he says, uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. So we're going to have to watch, we're going to kind of have to watch Jack, uh, make sure he doesn't fall off the cliff, like, uh, get pay uh, very well, maybe falling off the cliff again, get in touch with get pay, tell him what you think about that. President Z says China should seize opportunity to adopt blockchain, not Bitcoin, but blockchain. So the president of one of the largest economies and largest populations on the face of the planet is a shit coiner. Oh God, it's just, it's always terrible to actually see this stuff. These people don't know what they're doing. And, you know, it's not just because I don't like shit coins. It's the fact that it's this, this notion of blockchain, not Bitcoin. We're, I think we're in our third iteration, if not our third, at least our second iteration of this kind of crap. So I just have to hold along. This is Coindesk. William Foxley writing this morning, Xi Jinping, or Jinping, president of the People's Republic of China and general secretary of the Communist Party of China, said the country needs to seize the opportunity afforded by blockchain technology. Speaking as part of the 18th collective study of the Political Bureau of the Central Committee on Thursday in Beijing, Xi said blockchain technology has a wide array of applications within China, listing topics ranging from financing businesses to mass transit and poverty alleviation. Jesus. Quote, we must take the blockchain as an important breakthrough for independent innovation of core technologies, Xi told committee members, quote, we must clarify the main direction, increase investment, focus on a number of key core technologies, and accelerate the development of blockchain technology and industrial innovation, end quote. The Chinese president's statement on blockchain are believed to be his first in-depth remarks on the technology. Xi further said it would be necessary to implement the rule of law network into existing and future blockchain systems. To this end, Xi argued for a top-down approach concerning implementation, calling for guidance and regulation. Xi said testing of the tech should be widespread, including the investments in training platforms and innovation teams before implementation. His speech also called for the creation of Blockchain Plus, a platform alluding to personal developments such as education, employment, and food and medical safety, among other basic needs. My God, sock chain. We need sock chain. Sorry. Continuing, since a 2017 decision by the People's Bank of China, cryptocurrencies are banned in the country. What the? Although a a digital renminbi is being developed by the central bank and likely to launch soon, cryptocurrency use is probably banned as far as we know. But mining clearly is not because there's so much Bitcoin mining going on in China. I mean, come on, guys. Make, you know, come on, Coindesk. Come on, come on. (laughs) So president of China, blockchain, not Bitcoin. Still, though, over a billion people in that country. Uh, One of the largest economies the world has ever known. I mean, they get it, but they're getting it wrong. I hate to say that, but they're they're getting it wrong. So that's going to do it for the morning roundup.
all your vitals in one place. We have a Bitcoin price of 7697 Yes, we got a bump. Uh, we have a low over at, looks like it's going to be, wait a minute. No, we actually have a high at Coinbase Pro. No, our high is actually at GDAX at 7715 We have a low, it's going to be over at Simex at 7676 So yeah, still a pretty tight trading range here. 322,000 transactions have occurred in the last 24 hours with about 13,500 transactions on average per hour. Uh, 973,000 BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours. That is $7.5 billion USD transacted, just so you know. 40,500 BTC are being sent per hour on average, and the average transaction value itself is 3 BTC, while the median transaction value is getting close to where I want it, 0.035 BTC, or about $269 US. Block times are high at 10 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, A quarter of of a Bitcoin are being taken in fees on average per block, and overall fees... Uh, sorry, the fees overall are totaling 32.6 BTC for the last 24 hours. We have had a major loss of hash rate. We are down 21% in the last 24 hours, bringing us to just under 90 exahashes per second at 89.7 exahashes per second. The last GitHub commit was sometime yesterday. Ethereum at 167 Bcash at 221, Litecoin at 53, BSV at 117, Ethereum Classic at four and a half. Dogecoin is had a weird bump the other day. I think it was like after I did the show on Wednesday. It went up to like, I don't know, man, it shot up and then it shot right back down, man. It was like, I guess a whale decided to swim in another pool. It's at 0.0026 and with 23,000 transactions, it's stomping on Litecoin and that looks to be about it. The mempool looks like it's, oh, wow, man, nine blocks deep at about 13,000 unconfirmed transactions. As far as I can tell, the blocks are... Well, according to John, the blocks aren't full, but I'm seeing all the blocks being well over one megabyte in size. So there you go. Uh, The Lightning Network, this is off of 1ml.com. We have 10,272 nodes that are public. We have uh, lost, well, we've we've only gained 11 new nodes in the past 24 hours. That is down 8.33% on a day-over-day basis. And on a day-over-day basis, the amount of new channels is down as well at 32% um, with only 101 brand spanking new channels being diapered and powdered and fed. So there you go. There's your vital statistics. Okay, for a couple a couple of times uh, introducing the uh, the song of the day, um, I had mentioned Stray Cats. Um, you know, we did Brian Setzer. Did we do? Yeah, I think we did Brian Setzer and his orchestra Wednesday. Um, this is a bit of Brian Setzer's past. If you're not still not sure who the hell I'm talking about with Stray Cats, Brian Setzer, and all that, this band obviously came up in the very I think the very early '80s and uh, got pretty famous. It got to the point where uh, if you were listening to the radio, you could not get you could not escape this song. This song was impossible to escape. Whether you were in somebody's car, at a grocery store, they had the radio playing. I mean, they already had like a the Muzak version of this thing done. It was like, oh god, it was everywhere. But it's a good tune. Um, it's like it the whole thing with Brian Setzer as I said on Wednesday harkens back to um, the greaser area. And I, I guess if I should probably explain what the hell a greaser is, um, go Google pony boy, uh, because that's connected to a movie that if you haven't seen it, you probably need to see it. Um, other than that, agree. Think of greasers like this. Uh, Shanana is a band from that, that reflected the, the, the fifties. And, um, they were on in the that shot on Nasha was on in the seventies and they did a lot of greaser stuff, but think, uh, Pompadour haircut 
with tons of all that stuff that people put in their their hair or they used to put in their hair to make it you know shiny and 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 you know hold up uh what do they call that stuff hold on i see now i gotta find out pomade the word that i was looking for is pomade so they put some stuff of that stuff they would you know the the cliche is rolled you know cuffed up jeans uh a white t-shirt with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve and maybe like one or two tat- small tattoos on the shoulder. Um, that's a greaser. Uh, and nobody, nobody brought to the 80s the whole greaser and 50s, you know, band thing out like Stray Cats did. So here's the Stray Cats with their, uh, what basic, the song that basically made them great. <laughs> is brought to you by somebody whose name I'm not going to mention because people have been giving him, including me, people have been giving him far too much attention because he is a BSV shitcoiner. He loves it. Been using the sat node to spread uh, garbage messaging like this one, how I lost four BTC on the Lightning Network. Yeah, so it's like from our, it's from the Reddit R Bitcoin which I never go to because it's a cesspool. I never go to R forward slash BTC either because it's a cesspool. Pretty much most of the Reddit pages I've ever seen are a cesspool. I never go there because I never get anything out of it except to point at people and laugh, and that's not cool either. But this one was was really ridiculous, man. So let, let's get into... 
let's get into this one. It's not long. I am going to read uh, the actual or, or go through a little bit of this. Um, this was, like I said, this is from Reddit. This was art, you know, archived apparently, or this isn't old. I mean, this, this happened, you know, a couple of days ago, but it says how I lost four BTC on the lightning network. And I N W H Y writes, am I able to lose money after force closing channels? And then he gives a couple of screenshots. Will O'Burney writes back and says, yes, if you force close using an older invalid state, they can take the money while it's time locked if their node is online. NY writes back and says, wow, looks like I lost four BTC. Now, I'm going to stop there because this this discussion is long, but the the real meat of the matter comes in at the very end. Molly uh, is another Reddit user that jumps in, and let's see. Hold on for a second. I want to get exactly my my pickup point here. Okay, so Molly is in, in her good hearts is is trying to help this guy and and says if you run an older backup, LND can still can run, but when you force close channels, that's when the breach happens. NY replies, understood. My final conclusion is that I just need to forget about backups there or need to make totally live SCBs every single second. Molly answers, after the power outage, if your current LND data could not start, you could use the SCB recovery and it would ask your peers to close channels and you would get your money back. NY responds, I was unable to recover the channels from the SCB because there was an error that those channels are already exist, uh, existing about the peers. There are more than 400 channels, just cannot contact them. NY also writes, I bet the exchanges will start using that technology only if they have a good and stable backup structure. Without it, only enthusiasts like me will rush on it. Molly writes back and says, thank you for all that info. Appreciated. Um, and then she writes uh, right back after that. And this is here's the meat. Sorry for your loss, but please, this is so fundamental. I hope you would do some reading or asking for help before doing something drastic this time. Okay, guys, the lightning network is still in beta. And as much as everybody's, you know, running around on the BSV and certainly the BCH side say, you know, pointing fingers and laughing, they have zero development on their chains. We all acknowledge that the Lightning Network is beta. It is not. It is. It has not gone gold, and it probably will not go. You know, go gold, uh, and be in production for like or at a level of production that's quote unquote safe. Nothing is really ever safe, but that won't happen for a while. This is only. I mean, the the paper for Lightning Network only dropped in 2015. It's only been two years since the thing actually got into, you know, some kind of state that people could, you know, start playing with. And even, uh, oh, oh, God, what's her name? Darkness. I mean, even Starkness herself, you know, she coined the meme Reckless. You know, it's reckless to use it. It's reckless to put Bitcoin on it. It's reckless to actually, you know, use mainnet instead of the testnet. All of that kind of stuff, right? She even she was warning out of the gate all these people that were putting full Bitcoin on their, you know, to fund their Lightning channels. She was warning. All of us were warning. All, but all of us were also saying, "Look, we want to do this. We want to run a node. We want to open channels with each other." But for God's sakes, people, to put four Bitcoin on here and then force close all your channels without asking how this shit works. You just wreck, you know, you're just wrecking yourself. So again, guys, with the Lightning Network, understand two things. It's in beta, and you can lose all of the money that you put in there. So only put a little. Put 20 bucks in a channel. Put, yeah, it's gonna cost you 10 cents to make that transaction. Do it when transaction times are low. Make sure when you're doing transact, if you're ever gonna do transactions, take the time to find the fees. Don't just trust your wallet because, you know, some wallets actually say, oh, well, I'll calculate the fees for you and then don't let you put in your own fees. Only use wallets and whatnot that will allow you to put in your own fees for a, uh, an actual on-chain BTC transaction. Because if you don't, you're probably using a wallet that is either using an algorithm that cannot calculate the fees correctly. And all you really have to do, under, you know, understand that all you have to do is do a couple of Google searches on current lightning fees. 
keep, you know, if you're on Twitter, subscribe or uh, follow one of these several bots that broadcast what the, the, the current block fees are so that you can know. Most of the time, if you want your transaction to get into the next block, you're looking at one Satoshi per byte. When it gets heavy, either eat the fee or wait. I mean, my God, how impatient can everybody be? I mean, all you got to do is like either wait for like, you know, later on that day. If you cannot wait, if you absolutely have to do it, then you're going to, you're going to pay a fee. Uh, There's, there's trade-offs everywhere. So be aware, don't put four BTC on a freaking lightning channel or, or, or several channels and then force close them all because you're probably going to lose your Bitcoin. That's, That's all I got to say. Anyway, there's your smoldering pile over there in the corner, smoldering as it always does. Dad is absolutely on fire with today's terrible joke corner. And this is Dad Says Jokes at Dad Says Jokes. My wife is incredibly smart. When I called her from my buddy's phone, she answered, Hey, love. Oh, she already knew it was me. Yikes. Boy, that's kind of ugly. Anyway, so it is Friday. We're just going to go ahead and do the out. Um, it's Friday. We've had a bump. We went, it was just, it was just a weird, uh, a weird week price wise for Bitcoin. So, um, it is what it is guys. If it, you know, to prepare for more drops or prepare for more gains, I just stack your sats and, you know, be okay with it. Don't put four BTC in lightning channels and then force close them. You know, uh, don't ask a whole bunch of people on Twitter whether or not you should add another coin to your service, Get Pay. We like you. We want to like you. But this constant, the, the, the amount, first of all, the amount of overhead that you're going to buy yourself by having to worry about what buffoonery is going on on another chain, you don't want to deal with that shit. It was already bad enough when all the forks for Bitcoin came out and you and the developers were forced to build, you know, to get into the, uh, their wallet and, you know, make the new wallet work with their old systems. And it was, a, it was a pain in the ass. And, you know, at least with a situation with, uh, other tokens and, and shit coins coming online that were not forks of Bitcoin, at least you had the choice. But it, once you did, once you made that choice, I mean, it, you're, all I'm saying is that you're buying yourself a whole bag of cats that you really don't want to play with, man. At any given time, any of these things can fork. You're going to have like disagreements. I I still expect at one point or another, Craig and uh, Calvin to have a rift and a new chain will be born. And whoever is like servicing the BSV chain right now will now be forced to service too. They will have to, you know, implement a new wallet. They will have to do all the, and they'll have to keep your eye on it. Don't do it unless you have a shit ton of resources to throw it watching yet one more shit fork of Bitcoin or some other shit coin. Anyway, just it, that ends up being really bad news. I do hope that all of you guys have a fabulous weekend, man. It snowed by the way, down here in the panhandle of Texas, we got like, I don't know. I think we got like three inches of snow over the course of hours. It started snowing at like 11 and it didn't stop until like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock last night. It was weird because I've very in, in Texas. I don't think I've ever seen snow in October. One time I saw snow in September, but I was in the mountains in Colorado and that's to be expected at higher elevations, which I was, um, but I've never seen it in October. This, or as far as, as far as I can remember. So it was really weird looking at it snowing last night and it's not even November. Anyway, um, I hope it's wherever you guys are. I, you know, I hope that the weather is pleasant, beautiful, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and... And I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.